0: So good. Thank you, Pastor John. You know, so many great things in that video to celebrate over the last three months. Isn't it crazy when you see like a three-month portion of your life and you're like, wow, there, there was a lot of things that happened in those uh, in those few months. Time, time goes quickly, but awesome to, to celebrate all those great things. How cool was it seeing all those baptisms, right? How awesome is that? Just lives changed and transformed by Jesus. You know, obviously as we, we're looking at that and talking about momentum as a church and all the different things that God's doing amongst us and all the different opportunities that we as people, as the church have, to partner with God in all these different ways. One of the the things that I guess I want to encourage us in this morning through his word is that that individual and personal momentum in our own spiritual journeys and our own personal lives of faith. Because the reality is when it comes to the church, you only see that kind of thing when we all together are seeking the presence of God in our own lives, in, in ever-increasing ways. So this morning, I want to speak into the subject of lifting the veil. Can we say, can we say lifting the veil together here this morning? Okay, one, two, three. We're going to lift the veil. And in fact, I think we actually, we might need to act that out a little bit. Can can we lift the veil this morning? Come on, everyone, here we go. Lift the veil. (laughs) Lift the veil. There it is. Come on. It's your your wedding day all over again. It's kind of one of the main places where we see veils going up. We're going to lift the veil this morning, and that's going to make more sense as we get into God's Word. So let's do exactly that. We're going to head to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. Excellent! I got the verse right. I didn't have it on my notes, so I'm like, "I hope that's the right verse." And sure enough, it is. And uh, let's let's uh, read this. And we all who, with unveiled faces, can someone say, "unveiled," with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory, are uh, being transformed into His image with ever increasing. Come on, someone say, "ever increasing." ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the, who is spirit now I love, I love this short verse and it actually comes at the end of the Apostle Paul speaking about the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant, the old way which people were able to connect with the presence of God and now the new way which people are able to connect with the presence of God through what Jesus has done on the cross and the giving of his spirit so that we can know God's presence in every moment of every day. Now Paul, uh, he, he has this conversation. He speaks into it, and he uses the example of Moses in Exodus 34. Anyone remember Moses? You know him. He was he was cool. We're going to talk about Moses a little bit this morning because that's what, what Paul's speaking into with some of these images, particularly with the veil and the unveiling of the face. Now, in Exodus 34, we hear about Moses, who at that time was the leader of God's people, Israel, and he had this incredible privilege to speak with the Lord Face to face. At that time and in that moment in history, no one else got to do that, but Moses had the privilege to actually stand in the full glory of the Lord and speak to him face to face. And in Exodus 34, it tells the story of Moses going up to the mountaintop to be in the presence of God, to experience the fullness of his glory. And Moses goes into the presence of God, and as he spends time with the presence of God, God, the glory of the Lord actually changes Moses and his face shines with a miraculous radiant light. So that when he came down from the mountain, his face was shining with the glory of God. So what Moses did was he put a veil on his face. Someone say veil. Veil. He put a veil over his face because it was shining with the glory of the Lord in such a miraculous and radiant way. And then when he would go back into the presence of God, he would lift the veil. Someone lift the veil for me. Come on. Uh, I'm only seeing two or three veils going up. We need I need at least a hundred. Come on, let's try again. Lift the veil. There it is. I, I like it how some people have put the light, lift the veil, then hallelujah is going up there as well. I like it. So so Moses, when he went into the presence of God, he would lift the veil back up to experience the fullness of the glory of God. So Paul, he, he tells this story about Moses and what he's doing, and then we get here to our verse this morning, and he says, we contemplate, we behold. Hold the glory of the Lord with an unveiled face. Now, I love this picture because it's the idea that Moses had this unique opportunity to speak with God face to face. So what does he do? He lifts up the veil. He removes anything that would come in the place in between his face and God's own face. Moses is removing the barrier of of connection with God as he beholds and contemplates his glory. So we're going to talk about beholding him for just a moment because the, the idea that's coming through this scripture is that to fully recognize and behold the glory of God means lifting the veil, means thinking about God, what is it in my life that separates me from you? that separates me from seeing the fullness of your glory? What is the veil that needs to to be lifted up so that I can behold you, so that I can contemplate you, so I can think about who you are, so my thought life can be captured by you? What's the veil that needs to be lifted up? You know, we talk about having a personal momentum in our life of faith, in our journey of faith. Here's something that I'm passionate about, and here's something I'm going to speak around uh, a few times this morning, is that because of what Christ has done, because of the access to the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, that every single one of us as believers have, is that every week we can say this, in seven days' time, I have the ability to experience God in a greater degree than what I do right now. Isn't that an awesome thought? That in a week's time, in a year's time, in five years' time, I can actually experience God in a greater measure than what I am right now. I can experience God in ever-increasing ways. And it begins with lifting the veil and beholding God in the fullness of who He is, being captured by who He is. So again, here's my first question this morning. If for you in your life of faith need something to be lifted up so that you can experience more of the fullness of the glory of God, what would that thing be? This week, what is the veil that you need to lift up so you can behold the presence of God and worship him? For all of those with the lift and worship, I love it. You know, one of the things that that I love uh, as Paul continues to reflect on this picture is that, that Moses, of course, he goes into the presence of God. He lifts up the veil. He removes all the barriers. He spends time in the fullness of the glory of the Lord. And he's transformed, isn't he? He spends time in the presence and the fullness of the glory of God and he's transformed, his face is different after he spends time with God. His face shines with this radiant glory of God so that when he comes down the mountain, he puts on a veil because he recognizes that he's so different because of the time that he's spent in God's presence. And here's the truth of this and, and coming from our verse that we're focusing on, that when we contemplate, when we behold the full, of God's glory, when we seek his presence, we will be transformed. We'll be transformed by those kind of encounters with God. And for Moses, it was this literal transformation where his face takes on a different quality and shines with the glory of God. But here's what happened for Moses, and a little bit earlier in this chapter, uh, Paul talks about the fact that, that Moses wore the veil right, and this is interesting. And he says the reason that Moses wore the veil is because in time, over a period of time, that glory, that shining that came from his face, it faded. It faded. And Paul says that he wore the veil so that the people wouldn't know that the glory had faded from his face. Isn't that interesting? That Moses has this mountaintop experience in the glory of God. But then over time, that transformation begins to fade. And Moses concealed it so that those around him wouldn't know that the glory of God was no longer shining from his face. You know, I hear that as a a believer of Jesus. I hear that story as a person of faith, and, and it really does challenge me. Because sometimes I feel like my experience of faith, and I know a lot of you here will will resonate with this. It feels like this Moses kind of situation where we have these mountaintop encounters with God. We experience the glory of God. We're filled up to the brim with faith and passion for Jesus. And then over time, it kind of fades. Until that next mountaintop experience And then over time it fades. And and just like Moses perhaps with that, that putting on the veil so nobody else knows, is that we continue on not acknowledging, not recognizing, not talking about the reality that the glory of God doesn't seem to be a part of our life like it was once before. Now remember, this whole chapter is about the reality that what we experience in our life of faith, in the new covenant in Christ, surpasses what Moses experienced. So for Moses, this is how it had to be. God's presence resided somewhere else. At this time, it was on top of the mountain. At other times, it was in the tabernacle or the temple. It resided somewhere else, and Moses and others had to go to the presence of God, experience his glory, and then as they went their way, It would fade over time. But the reality now through the work of Jesus and the ministry of the cross is that the presence of God resides in us. We are that new temple. We don't have to go back to the mountaintop because the Spirit of God resides in us. So Paul says that we in the new covenant can have an ever-increasing measure of the glory of God in our life because it is with us each new day. So that it doesn't have to fade But we can say, you know what, in a week's time, in some small way, I'm going to know the fullness of God in my life to a greater degree than what I do right now. Wouldn't that be awesome that as we gathered here next Sunday, each and every one of us could say, you know what, I know more of God, I know more of who God is than I did last week when I gathered together as his church. I experienced more of his glory. I have a greater degree of faith in my life. Does anyone else want that in a week's time? Man, I want that in seven days. I want that in a year's time. I want that in a decade's time. That I would know and experience more of the glory of God than I do right now. That I'd behold Him. That I'd lift up the things that separate. That I'd be transformed in Him, not in a way that is temporary, but in a way that is ever-increasing. So let's talk about that ever-increasing It's really that thought of momentum, right? And this is what Paul's talking about. How, as as believers of Jesus, can we have a momentum to our faith? Like a a snowball rolling down a hill, generating more and more mass, going faster and faster, experiencing more of who God is. You know, that's the heart that God has for each one of us, that we wouldn't just experience a portion of who he is and then slowly forget about it, but we would experience more and more and more of our amazing Saviour. So how do we get there? You know, I want to spend the the next few minutes really leaning into this idea that in a week's time, we could actually be closer to Jesus than we are right now. So what could we do this week? What are the types of things that we could be doing every week to know and experience more of who God is? You know, I want to start with this idea that we'd go back to beholding who God is that we'd lift up the veil, that we'd, as Paul says, we'd contemplate who God is. You know, one of the best ways that we can begin to contemplate who God is is through Scripture. So I want to speak into Scripture and what role Scripture might have in building faith in my life, in your life, over the next seven days. You know, I am utterly and thoroughly convinced that God's Word has power. That God's word is a revealer of who God is. That God's word is a transforming word for my life every time that I engage with it. So here's a challenge that I want to give you for the next seven days. If you're convinced of that truth as I am, and if you in your life, maybe some of you here this morning, you've got already, you've got a rhythm in your life where you're reading scripture. Maybe you're reading through a plan, reading through a book. That's awesome. And my encouragement this week would be to, to learn that, to, to lean into that and value it even more. But maybe you're here this morning and maybe reading the Bible isn't a, a natural or a normal thing. Here's, here's a suggestion I'd love to give you. If you've, uh, if you've got uh, a phone or a, a tablet or even you can do this on your, your laptop, your PC, you can go to the, the version Bible. Anyone got that on your on your phone? Probably most people, uh, maybe not. But like there's like 280 million people have got this app on their phone. How cool is that? 280 million doing this, and um, uh, and here's is an awesome resource. If you haven't got this, I'd really encourage you. It's so helpful as a as a catalyst for reading God's word. But anyway, there's a there's a reading plan that, that I'd love to encourage us to to get on board with over the next seven days, and it's exploring the promises of Psalm 19, a seven day devotional. You can search for it in the the YouVersion app just by exploring the promises. We're also going to have a link to this uh, through the the True North app. Um, Mm-hmm. And and if any of those ways don't work for you, come and see me after and I'll give you some other ways that you can access that. And and really what this devotion is all about is about recognizing the power of God's Word. And so what this is going to do for us is remind us again the significance of the discipline in the life of faith of engaging with Scripture. And this is just an awesome seven-day devotion and Bible reading plan to do that. As I said, if you're already reading something that's working for you, just continue that and lean into it with more energy, with this heart. That says, God, through your word this week, could I grow closer to who you are? You know, the next thing that that I want to encourage us to be doing over the next seven days is to pursue his presence, to pursue his presence, to just be in the presence of God, to behold his glory. Now, here's something that that I want to encourage you to do this week alongside reading reading Scripture. For some of you, this is going to be a brand new thing. For some of you, this is going to be really difficult. For some of you, you're you're going to be doing this and you're like, that sounds amazing, I want to do that more. And, And it's simply this. Three times over the next week, take 30 minutes to contemplate the glory of God. What do I mean by that? Getting to a quiet place something like meditation where you can sit down and just reflect on the glory of the Lord that you can acknowledge that his name is above every other name maybe for you it might look like a walk along the beach maybe for you it might look like getting up early sitting on the couch and just reflecting on who God is acknowledging his place in your life you know there's something power powerful in those quiet moments of just saying God this is who you are You know, I want to give us an opportunity to do that even right now in this moment. Because for some of you, this is a brand new thing. And we're going to do it. We're just going to take one minute together as a church, right? Can we do this together? Can we lift the veil together this morning? And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Just as you're sitting, maybe closing your eyes will help. And just take a moment to remember Jesus. to remember the power of his name. Amen. Yeah, isn't it interesting how foreign the quiet has become for us? That a moment like that seems so out of the ordinary. You know, there is something powerful about pursuing the presence of God in those moments, turning down the volume on everything else and turning up the volume on who God is and what he's speaking into our lives. So there's my encouragement three times over the next week, find that space. Maybe for you, you can only handle a minute right now. Maybe the next day you'll go for two minutes. But to start leaning into that heart, to behold the presence of God. You know, Moses, he had to walk up a mountaintop to experience the glory of God. We just have to focus on who he is. We just have to find that moment, say, God, I'm here with you. I'm lifting up the veil. I want to experience your presence in my life. You know, the final thing that, that I want to give us this morning is just prayer. Is prayer, the power of prayer. Now, please, no one respond to this question out loud, but when was the last time you prayed? What did you pray for? What was the motivation for prayer? You know, there is something powerful in the life of faith, when we seek the presence of God through a prayerful heart. You know, sometimes it might be nice to ask the question, Jesus, how should we pray? You know, it's a great, the great thing about that question is Jesus answers that question for us. So I want to take you really quickly to the Lord's prayer. And Jesus responds in this way. He says, this then is how you should pray. Some of you will know it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's an awesome prayer. And actually what this prayer is... Is, is almost like an archetype of how to pray, of what might motivate prayer in our life. You know, just for me, and I'd encourage you to do something similar, even, even this afternoon, is think about what would this prayer, what's the heart of this prayer for me in my life? And, and here's how I thought about it. If I were to pray this kind of way in my words, it would sound something like this. God, you are holy and worthy to be praised. God, would you have your will and way in my life? God, be my provision. You're enough. Thank you for your grace in my life and help me to show your love and grace to others. And God, help me to be more like you. You know, when we pray those kind of prayers, we start to be transformed. We start to be transformed as Moses' face shone with the glory of the Lord after being in his presence, when we take these kind of moments to contemplate him through scripture, to pursue his presence in those quiet moments and to pray that kind of a prayer, our lives will be transformed with an ever-increasing glory. Not a mountaintop that fades, but in each new day, knowing and experiencing more of who God is. That's the kind of momentum that Jesus invites us to experience in our own in our own life of faith. I'm going to invite the, the team to, to come and join us, and and we're going to continue this morning, and we'll keep using that language to lift up the veil, to seek the presence of God together. But I guess here's, here's what I, I want to finish with as we talk about experiencing the glory of God in ever-increasing ways, being transformed by these encounters with him. I want you to think for a moment. And in fact, you could I'll even give you an opportunity for some of you to even call out. I know this is a little bit of a different thing. I don't always encourage this. But when you think about, say, maybe what are like the three best qualities of who Jesus is, of who our God is? Anyone brave enough to, to shout one out? I know this is different. If it doesn't work, it's fine. I'll come up with three. (laughs) Love. That God is love. Any others? He's faithful. He's forgiving. There's three. That as a community together, we say we value God so much. We worship him. We praise him because he's loving, because he's faithful, because he's forgiving. Now, here's the amazing truth about lifting that veil, beholding the glory of God, is that when we do that, we spend time with him, we're actually transformed to become more like everything that we know is best about who God is. So that we, when we spend time in scripture in his presence, all of a sudden our lives are transformed to take on more of the quality of his love, to take on more of the quality of His grace, to take on more of the quality of His faithfulness. This is why Paul says that we're co-heirs with Christ. We can actually be like Him through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us, transformed to be more like everything that is best about our perfect God. So in a week's time... Will we know and experience more of who Jesus is? Will we we be transformed more by who he is? Yeah, I honestly believe if over the next seven days you take hold of these three things, you will know more of the presence of God. You'll be transformed more into his image. you shine with the glory of of who he is more and more. Yeah, can we stand together this morning? We're going to sing an awesome song, laying it all on the altar, beholding the glory of our God. And just now, I want you to take a moment and we're going to lift that veil, lift the barriers of separation. Let me pray. God, I pray that in this moment, each one of us with a heart of faith could step into your presence and lift up anything that separates us from you. God, we want to worship you in spirit and truth. We want to behold your glory here this morning. God, would we know your amazing presence in these moments together. We praise you, God. Let's worship him, church.